Welcome to Cisco Tech Beat, the podcast that explores the people and stories behind what inspires the newest innovation. I'm your host, AB, and in celebration of Cisco Networking Academy's 25th anniversary, I'm excited to welcome not one, but two fantastic guests to the show. Laura Quintana, Vice President of Corporate Affairs and General Manager of Networking Academy, and Lorenzo Garth, Systems Engineering Manager at Cisco Meraki, who came to us through our Cisco Networking Academy. The three of us connected a short while back to brainstorm a potential Tech Beat episode, and now we are here. Lorenzo and Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Great to be here. Thanks, AB. Great to be here. You got it. Thank you. We have a lot to cover today, but I'd love for our audience to learn a little bit more about your respective background. So, you know, where you're originally from, how you got to Cisco, uh, and what you do in your current roles. Laura, if you don't mind, could we start with you? Sure. Um, how far back do we want to go? <laughs> uh, so where am I from? I was born and raised in Los Angeles. And um, I'm the proud daughter of um, parents that immigrated from Mexico to the United States. And in terms of getting my start with Cisco, maybe I'll share a little bit more about my background. I was the first in my family to go to college. I studied engineering and immediately got into tech. I ultimately made my way into Cisco as a product manager in our services organization. And, and now uh, at work in the Networking Academy, I lead the Networking Academy globally and as general manager responsible for driving incredible social impact with an ecosystem of partners that we have around the world in terms of providing individuals with educational opportunities and the skills they need to thrive in the digital economy. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. And Lorenzo, what, what about your path? First, I just want to say thank you, Laura, for the, for the work that you do, because it's amazing. And obviously, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for folks like you looking after that program and making sure that it's as successful as it is. So, so first and foremost, just thank you for, for doing that. Thank you again, A.B., where did I get my start? I remember very, very vividly in when I uh, when I went to talk to a college recruiter, and all I wanted to do was learn more about the internet, right? Like I wanted to learn more about like how this thing worked. I knew I could do more than like be in an AOL chat room, right? That's all I was doing <laughs> back in that day. And right. um, and the recruiter just said, "Hey, have you ever heard about Cisco?" And I said, "No." He said, "Well." Um, Cisco was like the hardware version of Microsoft. And I thought like, oh, well, that's cool. I wonder what that means. It's a lot different than what Microsoft actually does. But <laughs> what he said was, we have a Cisco Netacap program. And through your studies, you will also be Cisco certified. And I thought like, cool, he's selling this really well. Sounds like a cool thing. Um, and then, you know, get into to, to, to school and the, the entire curriculum for my, my uh, program was computer network management. And I, I did not complete that program. We could talk about that later. But Right. Um, but I did complete the Cisco Netacad, and that's kind of where I got my first understanding of how like all of this stuff worked. And then I got a job at CDW, and then years and years, years and years later, I actually joined um, Cisco Meraki as um, a support manager in the uh, the network support center, and um, did that for a few years, and just uh, found myself now looking after uh, a systems engineering team here at, at Cisco Meraki. So I've been around for about about five years, and currently I look after the uh, Southeast Systems Engineering uh, Architect team. That's amazing. I, I love that they're two totally different stories, totally different paths, but you know, uh, still connected to Networking Academy. And that's a really great segue, by the way. Thank you for that info, because we just celebrated 25 years of uh, Cisco's Networking Academy, which Lorenzo just alluded to. We lovingly call here at Cisco Netacad. Makes sense. <laughs> um, and 
you know, it, it's such an important program, but I, I still think a lot of people may not know much about it or enough about it, to be fair. So I'd love to give them sort of an idea of, as to the scope of its reach. Laura, where does Netacad exist around the globe? And how many students, if we know, um, have been impacted by taking our courses? Sure. And maybe just to share a little bit more about um, the Networking Academy and Lorenzo, you know, loved, uh, you know, hearing your story. The program um, provides individuals with IT and cybersecurity courses, simulation software so that they can learn by doing, hands-on practice labs. And we provide this at WebScale via learning platform so that we can help uh, Lorenzo, yourself, when you were a student, for example, so we can help students, we can help educators be successful. In terms of our reach, and as you mentioned, AB, so happy that we're celebrating 25 years of the Networking Academy. We've reached 17 and a half million people in 190 countries. Wow. Just a couple of under, other important metrics in terms of being inclusive. 26% of our students over the years have been females. So that translates to wow. 4.6 million women and girls that have participated in the program. And uh, we don't do it alone. We partner with governments, with high schools, community colleges, universities, nonprofits, and many others uh, to reach a broad and diverse set of individuals. And we especially pride ourselves in reaching underserved and underrepresented communities as well. While the numbers and the reach are important and they're great. What I always love to tell my team is what's most important are the outcomes. And 3.4 million students since 2005 have told us that they attribute their participation in the Networking Academy to getting a new job. So that's you know quite, quite exciting and rewarding to be able to do this work and have um, impact in people's lives that uh, is life-changing in many ways. You mentioned something about the partnerships, and which, which I know are so important, a big part of the Cisco story in general. Lorenzo, I kind of want to tag on to that a little bit because you've gone through the program yourself. And from our last talk, when we all met for the first time, you were talking about how you are working in your community, sort of spreading the word and helping educate others. Who are some of the people or the kinds of people you're working with? And how do you get them excited about a potential career in tech? I, I just, man, so... Because of the great work that Laura and her team does, it, it makes it incredibly easy for us to to be able to deliver this content to to wide audiences, right? And like like Laura said, we we try to focus on on underserved communities as well. Uh, so right now we have a program. Essentially, we partner with the city colleges of Chicago. So the way that the community college system works here in the city of Chicago, there's a network of about nine schools, and they're all just called the city colleges of Chicago. Through them, they, they've had um, the Cisco Networking Academy access for a number of years, but they didn't have any instructors to actually teach the curriculum. Again, because Laura's team is, is phenomenal at like getting everyone everything they need to be able to teach this, even if you don't necessarily have that teaching background actually delivering curriculum. It's laid out in a way that it makes it so easy for us to be able to deliver that if we have the knowledge. Right. So we've been able to partner with the uh, city colleges and actually send engineers from Cisco to teach the NETICAD program at the city colleges. And that's right now going on. It's in its first semester. But before we we got here, um, we, we were able to partner with a nonprofit organization called the National ABLE doing the same thing. Now, they already had their own uh, Cisco Networking Academy instructor. We just came in there to supplement that curriculum with some hands-on knowledge. We're able to donate a bunch of gear. Cisco's great with, with community service. We're able to donate a bunch of gear. And we have lots of volunteer time off here at, at Cisco. So we're able to use that time 
to send engineers over there to start to fill in those gaps with the hands-on knowledge. And because of that, I now sit next to and, and stand next to and virtually stand next to a number of engineers that come through that program through our partnership that now work here as engineers, right? Like, and like Laura said, it is absolutely life-changing. Like, like to be a part of this and like see these folks, um, we've had a number of folks have career changes and now like to be able to do this in a nice, sustainable career that, like, you know, let's be honest, that pays a bunch of money. Like it's, <laughs> it's really, really cool to see. And it all starts with the Cisco Networking Academy, like because of those resources and, and giving folks that, that ability to learn something that's actually going to help them to start a career. We've seen it and we've been able to partner with the city colleges. We've partnered with a high school. So our, our audience has been adults. Our audience has been young adults and our audience has been professionals looking for career changes. So wide audiences as well. Amazing. It's funny though. I think there's this misconception and we kind of touched upon this when we, when we talked last week, just in preparation for this podcast, there's a misconception out there that in order to either make a career change or even if you always wanted to do cybersecurity or, or some kind of IT-related job, you had to be a graduate with a really intense computer tech degree or you had to be some kind of whiz who was just a programming master. And that's not really the case, is it? I mean, I, Lorenzo, I'll start with you because you've gone through the course sure. yourself. Well, I don't have a college degree and uh, it's worked out for me. So like, so... Right. To, to answer the question straight up, just just no, like that 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 is just not the case. I would never ever encourage anyone to like not get a lot of education because we know that 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 is a game changer, right? Like it matters, right? Education absolutely, absolutely matters. Uh, but is it necessary to be a network engineer? Not at all. Not not even close. What's necessary is the knowledge, and the knowledge you will get from the Cisco Netacad curriculum, right? No matter which direction you want to take, if it's just straight uh, old school routing and switching, like there's plenty of opportunity for that. There's cybersecurity. There's a lot of IT essential skills that can come through the uh, Cisco Networking Academy curriculum. So to answer your question, no. And and again, the the, the folks that I mentioned that have come through these programs that now work here as engineers, I, I'd say. 100% of them do not have a degree in anything technical focused. Like some of them may have a college degree, but not in anything that's technical, not even remotely close to what they're doing now. So it's possible. And I don't want to say that it can happen for everyone in like three to six months, but like these folks did in three to six months. So it's right. possible. Love it. Let's go back to something we talked about before, which was diversity, because some of the stats are really impressive, especially when we talk about the number of young women who are taking NETICAD courses and who are getting into these careers that are in IT. But we know that overall in the tech field, there is very little diversity when it comes to underrepresented, uh, underserved communities, even in terms of gender and, and other categories. So I guess this is probably a Laura question, but how do we increase the talent base to include more people from underrepresented and underserved uh, populations? It's a really important question. And um, it's one that uh, we take very seriously. And frankly, many companies are, especially given the challenge today uh, relative to millions of jobs that are unfilled, whether mm -hmm. that be in cybersecurity, networking, software development, you name it, because we don't have individuals with the skills we need for those jobs. And yet, here's something I always love to say, which is talent is equally distributed, but opportunity is not. Uh -huh. So in order to reach um, more diverse communities, underrepresented, underserved, it becomes really important to partner with those academic institutions or nonprofits or organizations that are reaching underserved communities. Right. Community colleges across the United States, as an example, reach very diverse communities. And we, within Networking Academy, 
partner with 49% of the community colleges in the United States. Oh, and wow. as a result, I could tell you through the partnerships with the community colleges, we also um, partner with HBCUs, with Hispanic serving institutions. I mentioned as well um, nonprofits. And in terms of the impact that we're seeing in the US, 38% of our students are underrepresented minorities, 20% Black, 17% Latino, and 1% Native American. And so it becomes very, very important for us to uh, work on ways to reach uh, underrepresented communities. Um, in addition, I, I think it's just important to also recognize that you need to meet learners where they're at. Lorenzo, I love how you highlighted that folks are coming from different walks of life, um, anywhere from being straight out of high school, if you will, to reskilling. You mentioned individuals that don't have technology backgrounds that are now reskilling to get into technology. So it becomes really, really important to meet learners where they're at and provide a pathway where they can successfully acquire the skills to be a cybersecurity analyst, for example, or to be a network engineer. And so we really pride ourselves in starting with introductory courses for those who might just be curious and want to start exploring to more advanced courses that align with certification, such as CCNA or CyberOps Associate, just to name a couple, uh, that ultimately provide the skills individuals will need to get jobs. I like that. Meet them where they're at. You have to make the effort to even educate people as to what's possible out there. Even just knowing about a company like Cisco, you know, it's like finding out that these corporations exist where there are all these different opportunities, learning what the mission is, learning what these different departments do. A lot of people don't have access to the information that educates them on that. So I think it's amazing that, we, you know, we're very proactive about educating the future workforce in IT and cybersecurity, et cetera. Um, Lorenzo, I wanted to go back to something that you said earlier. You, you said it great, but I want to really double down on this idea about how an experience like Networking Academy or Netacad is literally life-changing. Because I, I think it's important that for anyone listening to this show, especially if you're kind of interested or you're shifting careers, you really know what that means, like what that can do for you in terms of like changing your current situation to what it possibly could be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to, to put a little more context around it, right? Like we, we, we see people just just really change their living situations, right? Like they start to like move downtown, right? Like they start to buy <laughs> better cars, right? Um, right? You could just tell that overall that they seem happier because a, a lot of folks that are changing careers, for whatever reason they're changing, right? They're, they're looking for something that's sustainable, that, that pays a bit more and that has the, the opportunity to grow. Right. And there's so many opportunities in tech. Once you get your, your, your foot in the door, you, there's so many other paths that you can take and they're, they're all like really, really great careers, right? So what I've heard the most is that I used to have a physical job and like now I get to sit down and, and, and troubleshoot and really help people to solve their problems without having to be as physical anymore, right? So like, we've had a lot of folks that come from industry like that, but just in the impact that it's made, a lot of the folks that have come through some of these programs and now work here have been able to take that experience and give it back to the classes that come up after them 
And those, I, I, I truly believe that those stories of, of them being able to show like it is possible for you, no matter what the industry, right? Like I said, like uh, we have folks in the banking industry. We have folks that were uh, driving plow trucks. We had folks that had no jobs. We've had folks that may have had a little bit of tech training, uh, but just all over the place. I'm forgetting a bunch. We had uh, a, a gentleman that was um, a guidance counselor for at-risk youth. There was just so many different folks. And then they, they stumbled upon the networking academy and now they're in a career making almost double what they would have been making prior and enjoy it, right? Because we still get the opportunity to solve a lot of people's problems, right? Like you're, it's just, it's so great to see these folks and, and then to see them go on to greater things, right? Some of these folks that I'm talking about now have moved on through the the engineering ranks and have like really, really cool, important roles now. And, and it all started from just that curiosity and thinking like, maybe I can do something in tech and then starting the class and realizing like, I can absolutely do this. So it's changed so many lives that of folks that, that I get the pleasure of just having a conversation with that. I, I'm not even doing it justice. I can't even, I wish that, <laughs> that we can uh, have some of those people share, share their stories because it's so it's so powerful to see that right and and like 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 uh, like Laura was mentioning folks meeting them where they are right folks with families folks that are still young in their journey or folks that maybe have had two careers right and now they're doing mm-hmm. this so um and it's all types of folks men women you know the full spectrum of diversity we see Absolutely. Laura, I know you wanted to jump in there. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I love, 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 Lorenzo, how you put that, um, because there is um, tremendous opportunity for everyone. And it is about telling those stories, because we see so many individuals in um, underrepresented communities, for example, that may not see themselves in technology mm-hmm. roles because they don't have role models around them that exactly. have been in technology roles. They view it as something that might be unattainable. So to be able to tell no the question. stories of the individuals with the um, variety of backgrounds. Uh, I have a couple more, Lorenzo, to add. You know, uh, yeah. a, mas- <laughs> a massage therapist that went on to be go. a secure cybersecurity operation um, center analyst. Uh, to a chef who decided to move into (laughs) technology, to individuals that are imprisoned or justice impacted, that are learning new skills so that when um, they get reintegrated into society, they're contributing in such a meaningful way. And again, life-changing opportunities. And we are doing more to tell their stories as part of the 25-year anniversary, we are sharing our 25-year yearbook of alumni and telling <laughs> these stories of the phenomenal individuals that we've reached around the world and uh, their life-changing journeys. That's amazing. And I, Laura, I know you have much more oversight because of your role, but I imagine these are the stories that we're not only hearing in Chicago, where Lorenzo is, and even in the States specifically, but just globally, uh, you're probably hearing this from all the regions that we that we affect, right? Uh, absolutely. Uh, from work um, that we're currently doing and have done over the years with um, Syrian refugees, for example, in Europe, mm-hmm. uh, to currently uh, working in um, Poland and in Germany as well, for example, just to name a couple of areas, uh, sure. where we're working with nonprofits and universities to address uh, the needs of Ukrainian refugees today to provide opportunities to get reskilled and to participate in 
obtaining new jobs, well-paying jobs to earn income that is going to provide for themselves, their families, and especially given the difficult situation that they find themselves in. That's right. Obviously, we have all these initiatives going on and things are, are, are going really well and we're impacting a lot of lives. As we look to the future, even the next two or three years, is it sort of just more of the same or are there other things that we're planning or thinking about doing that can help shape you know, that future cybersecurity workforce or the, or the workforce of the future in IT and tech? Absolutely. We can all be doing um, so much more and we will continue to do more. I, I will tell you, um, the one thing that we've proven to do over the past 25 years and we will continue to do into the next 25 is to innovate. We have to constantly be innovating, reinventing ourselves to ensure that we can help individuals. You know, I mentioned meeting them where they're at. With technology moving so quickly and things evolving so quickly as things get automated and digitized, mm -hmm. we need to continue to ensure we are pulling people in and up and helping them progress through pathways that provide very relevant skills uh, to attain jobs. You know, one example of an area that we're working on in, in the U.S., but that we've had success in um, in other parts of the world is apprenticeships. Mm -hmm. What many um, individuals um, feel challenged with, even once they acquire technical skills, is getting that work experience. Because right. some jobs still require that you have some relevant work experience. Yeah. And as much as we do to provide that hands-on lab experience, the hands-on with simulation software, it's still important to be able to have experiences such as apprenticeships, which have thrived in parts of Europe, for example. So we're, we're um, going to be doing more in the United States. So I was recently at the White House for a cybersecurity apprenticeship event where we, Cisco, um, are sponsoring national guideline standards for registered apprenticeship programs so that we can enable this vast ecosystem that we have in the United States of academies and employers that we work with to position our students to obtain jobs so we can mobilize and enable them to also offer apprenticeship opportunities. This becomes important because through apprenticeships, we can reach deeper and wider into a diverse pool of candidates. And so that's you know, just one example of something new that we're doing, that we're at the beginnings of, and that will offer us opportunity to continue to grow and drive impact. That's great. And it's funny, talking about apprenticeship makes me also think about other things that are important to Cisco, uh, like mentorship, um, sponsorship. And I wonder, I, I was going to go to you, Lorenzo, because it makes me wonder when you're dealing in your community, not only are you educating people about what's possible out there in terms of courses and certifications, but do you find yourself in a position of mentorship or, or providing guidance in other ways? Absolutely. But it, it's always weird for me because again, right? Like um, we, we talked a bit about the education piece. And like I said, like I didn't graduate from high school. I actually didn't graduate or college. I didn't graduate from high school either. I didn't get my, my actual GD until um, like two years ago, I was actually a Meraki employee, a Cisco employee. When I get the, got the GED, I'm like, well, you know, like I got some free time, like, <laughs> might as well get it now. Um, but so it's so when whenever I, I find myself in that 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 position of like kind of mentoring and giving advice, it still kind of feels weird to me. It's like, look, man, I don't even know how I did it. Right. But right. I'll share a little bit. But um, what I've learned, Laura touched on it, is that 
seeing someone that you can identify with doing something that you don't think that you can do is so powerful. And I didn't know that, right? I didn't know how much that meant. So anytime I have the opportunity to talk to anybody about a career, I'm going to do it, right? Like, so I have that opportunity relatively often because Cisco gives us a lot of time to volunteer, right? Like that's where I choose to like do a lot with my volunteer time and time to give back in that way. So it's opened up a lot of doors and I've met a lot of people and in a lot of different organizations. So that opportunity does come up relatively often and it still feels kind of strange. But what I've learned, like I said, is that it means a lot to those folks. And I I hope that it just gives them a little bit of that confidence to say that you can absolutely do this because, you know, like, I've seen it and like I've done it and if I can do it and I was not on the right path and you are like you're far and above where I was uh, at this point, um, then you can absolutely do it. And just, you know, just to help to keep to encourage them because it does get tough at times, right? Especially when you're learning something new. Now I um, having that opportunity, I, I look at it. Anytime anyone asks me a question and, you know, needs help from me, I feel like it's a privilege that someone is asking me and I feel like an obligation to go in and try to help them to solve whatever the problem is. If it's anything to do with that, I just feel like I have to, right? Like I have to give them whatever information that I can because, you know, why not? And, you know, it's if it can help them change their life the way it changed mine, um, I'm selfish to not do that, right? So, I don't take that privilege, I'll say, lightly because um, I've learned over time that it it means something to see someone doing something uh, that looks like you if you didn't believe that you can do it. So uh, it still feels a little weird, but now I do appreciate it more than ever. Well, I think you're the perfect uh, role model for anybody coming up. So thank you for sharing that. Appreciate that. Really quick. Sorry, B. How cool is it that Laura went to the White House? To I know. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. I mean, <laughs> like, can we switch jobs? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's yeah. Amazing. I, I don't. I mean, there's some. There's some, my my house is white, but I, that's like that's that's the closest I've ever been to the White House. That's amazing. I love that, <laughs> Lorenzo. I was just reflecting on what what you shared and. You know, here's where we have, I believe, um, you know, some parallels here. I I feel so blessed and privileged to be in the role that I'm in, to have um, gotten to the position that I'm in. You know, I, I, I think I shared with both of you before, you know, I, here I grew up in L.A. I grew up in the in the projects and I grew up in um, tough neighborhoods. And to be able to leverage my education in a way where now through the Networking Academy, we're educating and preparing individuals with um, relevant skills. It is such a privilege and a blessing. So I, too, I reflect back on, you know, how I got to where I'm at. And it was through opportunities to start to get a glimpse into people that are like me, where I could say, well, gosh, if I, if I can see it, I, I can be it too. And it's a confidence booster. So I do think it's um, so important for all of us and anyone listening, you know, to, to get out there because, you know, something you can say, something you can do that you may not think would make a difference, it makes a difference. One of the reasons I applied to Stanford University was because there was a Latina girl that I I heard speak at this particular camp I went to, and she shared that you know she was going on to Yale or and uh, uh, you know she got into other universities and she said I'm and I'm no brainiac, and at the time it was the summer before my senior year in high school, 
And to hear her say that, I thought, wow, I hadn't even thought that I could apply to universities outside of Los Angeles because, frankly, my family wouldn't want me to leave. (laughs) But just to hear her, and I don't remember her name, but I remember what she said even to this day. And that message alone, because she took the time to come back. She had graduated from high school now, and she was coming back and talking to us. And just taking the time to do something as little but as important as that motivated me because I thought, you know what, if she could do it, I can do it. You know, it's just sometimes these simple things that make yeah. such it's so a world of difference. To, to hear that, because I, I'm sure you've, uh, uh, during your journey, that someone has come to you and said, yeah, or you've heard a story, it was like, yeah, Lord gave me this advice. And you're just like, I don't remember saying that, right? Because it's, <laughs> it's right? Because it's like, you never know those yeah. interactions. Like it, it could be so powerful to that other person, but you're just having a conversation with them. But because you're, you're you know, nice enough to volunteer your time to have that conversation with them, it, it helped to change their life. Uh, and another thing you mentioned about like having uh, seeing that 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 girl uh, speak to your your class or at your camp. But when I get my very first job, um, the manager that interviewed me was black. I had never thought about leadership; it never crossed my mind a day in my life. But he was black, and I thought, well, if he's a manager, then I could be a manager one day. And then I started working. I got the job, and the team leader was black. And I'm like, well, I know my path. You know, like I can do this. Never would it have ever crossed my mind. I I love technology. I love it. Like I still do. Leadership was not a. I didn't even think about it. I just wanted to learn as much about the internet as what I thought right as I could. Um. So you you were right, Lord. Same thing happened to me, and I didn't you know I didn't realize it until like you saying that. It's just same thing happened to me early in my career. I mean, I think that's also kind of one of those gifts that are sort of unspoken and sometimes unseen, especially from a first person perspective, is when you really care about something and you're you're giving your all and you, you know, you put a lot of effort and love into it, you may be affecting people that you have no idea you're affecting and, and not even necessarily looking for any kind of uh, of recognition or any accolades. But it's just I think that's just the way these things work cosmically. You know, you're, you're doing good out there and someone's going to benefit from it and then they're going to pay it forward, as it were. So I love that. Let's step away from work for a minute and get away from the work week. And I just love to talk to my guests just really briefly before we close about what it is that that people do uh, in their personal lives that allow them to kind of decompress, you know, uh, escape the noise. And, and the noise, of course, is not only coming from work. The noise is coming from politics and the world and plagues and you name it. We, 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 have, we have plenty of stuff to, to be bothered by. But I'm just curious, uh, what are some of your hobbies or your activities that you sort of involve yourselves in that really bring you peace when you need it? And anyone can start first. I, whoever wants to jump in. Go ahead, Laura. Sure. So um, that bring me peace. <laughs> Interestingly enough, um, a couple of things, a couple of things come to mind. Um, first and foremost, um, my dogs. I have three dogs. Um, and I also have, by the way, three children. <laughs> my children bring me a lot of joy. And they can bring me peace, but sometimes, you know, they also bring me challenges. Um, My my pets um, bring me a a lot, a lot of joy and peace. And in fact, I I have the picture of one of them um, in front of me that I'll share with both of you. Uh So this is this is my my baby. Um, She she's my uh, my COVID dog. Uh, We got her during the pandemic and her name's Birdie and she's a multi poo. 
And so uh, <laughs> she just gives me that unconditional love and, and peace. And then um, a second thing that comes to mind that I picked up over the past year, and this was uh, due to my daughter's influence. Um, she loves to paint. She's very, very creative. Mm. And so together, um, we um, paint pottery. So it's become oh. our thing. And um, interestingly enough, I, I I have it all around me, but I'll show you one. Um, <laughs> hey! Uh, I really oh, like that's awesome! Yeah, I like yeah. sea turtles, and so um, yes, painted this uh, sea turtle. That's beautiful. Made in um, pottery. So uh, yeah, those are a couple of things that I I like to do. I got nothing that's cool. Um, I, I have children as well, so they. Uh, Peace and joy, all that, all that stuff. I'm supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hey, you're you're in, you're in Chicago. That, you're in Chicago, that, yeah. which I know, <laughs> yeah. you know, I know for you may not be really cool, and exciting because you're there, but you're at least you're in, yeah. you're in a great city. There's got to be some stuff that you take advantage of uh, in the town. In town, so right? That, you know, we uh, we actually don't live too far from uh, from the office, which is uh, downtown here in Chicago. And I, I know it, it sounds kind of silly, but like peaceful for me, two things. I know you mentioned like a lot of craziness in the world. Like I love politics, right? So I could listen to politics right. all day long. So like <laughs> listening to politics is my happy place, which is it's so weird, right? All politics, right? All sides. I love I love to just listen to people argue and just talk about things that they really have no idea what they're talking about in, inside of everyone's home, right? That so, is entertaining. Again, I agree with that. Right. It is, it is entertaining. <laughs> But I love to walk around the city and just see people. I don't want to talk to them very much, right? Like I love people, love having conversations. But like when I'm just in the city, I like to just walk around and just look at all the buildings, like listen to all the people having conversations and just be around the people. And we had a house in the suburbs for a while and we thought like, well, let's go live in the city for a year and then move into a closer suburb so my commute wasn't as long. And like now we we love it, right? Like it's just, I, I just like the busyness and that that's peace for me It's just, you know, hearing the cars and the sirens and like all of that stuff. Like I sit on the balcony all the time and do meetings. And like, it's just, I truly enjoy, it. I put a couple heaters out there because you know, it is Chicago gets pretty cold, <laughs> but I like to be out there. And it's, uh, so that's, I think that's probably um, what I enjoy more than anything, either walking around the city or driving around the city. I can definitely <laughs> relate to that because having lived in the city, even though I'm not, I'm just outside New York city now, there is a hum and a frequency that is actually, it actually is weird when you don't hear the noises. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, it, what's going on? I, I don't hear this conversation. I don't hear I that garbage truck. I missed it so much. <laughs> yeah, it was you know? so dark. It was yeah. so dark in the suburbs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It, it can be a little bit dark, a little bit, almost a little too quiet, you know. So yeah. so I, 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 I definitely understand that, that sentiment. Uh, um, you both are so funny. So I'm in the suburbs. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I mean, I am now too, by the way. <laughs> and, and there is light. There is light in the suburbs. There is light here. We were here. like um, in the country, Laura. We were far. <laughs> you were far. Yeah. You were in the country. Yeah. We were far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. Yeah. The suburbs. I, I'm in the suburbs. I can't. You know. I mean. And I. And I like. I do like the space. You know. I do. You know. When you live in a, in a city <sighs> where there is no personal yeah. space, and you move to the suburbs, it is nice to you know be able to open a front door and not be staring at the person opening his or her apartment door at the same time every day as you try to leave and have some quiet time before you go to work. You close uh, the door. You wait till you, you hear just, them you get just, out of the hallway. Right, you listen. You you're like, I think they're gone now. All right, here I go. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. Uh, well, listen, this has been a fantastic conversation. I know that we could talk for at least another hour. Um, and perhaps we can we can reconvene and, and do it again. But I just want to thank both of you for your time and for coming on and sharing some of your life stories, sharing 
your experiences through Netacad from very different perspectives. It's just really been eye-opening for me, and I really think that our listeners are going to get a lot of value out of out of our conversation. So I just want to say once again, thank you for your time today, Lorenzo and Laura. Thank you so much, AB. Thank you, AB. And have a great weekend. You too. Sure, Enjoy. Sure. Thank you. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. <laughs>